we're back with another Q&A episode with the Red Dot Fitness crew, and we're taking questions from the audience. We love all the questions, and we appreciate you guys asking. If you'd like to hear your question asked and answered here on the show, well, it's easy. Just reach out to us. You can hit us at Red Dot Fitness on Instagram or email us, info at red.fitness.net. That's info at red.fitness.net. These shows don't happen without a sponsor. And just as a reminder, all of Ironside's podcasts are sponsored by Red Dot Fitness training products and programs. You can find out all about those by going to rdftrainonline.com. You can find personal training, membership, and self-guided program options all over the site. But if you have questions, feel free to reach out to us. It's easy. There's a contact page there, or you can give us a call here at the studio. Somebody will pick up and happily walk you through whatever it is that you need to know. Again, that's rdftrainonline.com, rdftrainonline.com. Welcome to Iron Sights. This podcast candidly seeks to create opportunities and deliver impact by sharing the experiences and wisdom of successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders who unapologetically aim to win in health, fitness, business, and life. I'm your host, Scott Howell. Welcome to Old School Meets New School. Tradition meets innovation, and imperfection meets excellence. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. All right, first question. How can I learn to love my body and boost self-confidence? What are some tips to help me embrace my shape? Loving your body, boosting confidence, and uh, just accepting what what you've been given. (laughs) That's a tough one. I mean, it's a very, very tough thing for people to overcome. And, uh, you know, for the, for the men out there listening, don't pretend for two seconds. It doesn't apply to you. It doesn't apply to you and you're, you're not immune to that. I've had it before. For sure. I mean, you know, one thing I guess I could say is yourself and your body are two different things, right? Just because you're fat or you're skinny doesn't designate whether you love yourself or not. You need to love yourself first. And it's all right if you are overweight. You can love yourself and still work towards losing weight. I mean, they're they're completely separate. And I know that some people look in the mirror and they might hate themselves, but that's something that you need to work on. It's okay to be where you're at. As long as you're trying to go down a more positive path, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's definitely a mindset piece to it. Uh, Cece, you want to weigh in? The mindset. <laughs> I guess. Like, the, the, the you, mind. It's interesting that you picked like, it's okay if you're overweight. Like there's a lot of people out there that are underweight or feel they're underweight and they're very challenged yeah, skinny too, that yeah. way, you know, sort of emotionally and psychologically that way too. Yeah. I mean, Jeff hit the nail on the head. I think there's a difference between self-care and healthcare or loving yourself and actually taking care of your body. And I think those things work hand in hand. And if you truly do love yourself, then you're going to take care of your body. Exactly. Um, and you not taking care of your body or yourself could result in you not being able to embrace the way you physically appear, whether that's, you feel like you're a little overweight, you feel like you're a little underweight, my butt's too big, my thighs are too big, my arms aren't big enough, you know, like I have this thing, I say it all the time, so jokingly, but it's, it's true, like again, going back to who this applies to and who it doesn't apply to, I don't know anybody that doesn't want to look better naked, right, or look good and, you know, on that special day, whatever it happens to be where they have to dress up, whether that's church on Sunday for some people, or it's a wedding, or it's a business meeting, or it's the, it's the trip out on the lake or to the beach or whatever else. Um, every single person that walks out there at some level is going to have some consciousness to the way they appear. So I want to entertain the, the conversation around like appearance doesn't matter. Because 
we're humans and it does. I mean, it's the law of attraction. It's mm-hmm. nature, right? Their appearance matters, whether you're a fucking squirrel looking for another squirrel to mate with, or, you know, you're a human looking for another human. Like there's things like there's like, think of like the, the example, like the peacock, right? The actual bird, the yeah. peacock, right? Um, there's even a, you know, the term peacocking, you know, people just, you know, mm-hmm. the strut, the walking around, the, the flaring, popping, the, popping the feathers, right? And all that kind of thing. This is just a natural thing. So for people to kind of dismiss that, try to put it on the back burner and say that it's not a thing and you just need to get over yourself or whatever, that's totally shallow. That's totally ignorant. So uh, just in acknowledging that. Going back to self-care versus health care. Look, I, I think you need to love your body. And and you might not love the way you look right now, or you're not really ready to embrace the way you look right now. But I think you have to take a hard look of of what self care is versus health care and loving your body. And if you love your body, you're going to take care of your body in the way you need to take care of it. And and taking care of it means giving it rest, giving it proper nutrition. And that proper nutrition is relative to whatever your current situation is. So there's not like I'm not saying like yeah. eat this way. This is healthy. Don't eat this way because it's not unhealthy or because it's not healthy. You, you have to determine that for yourself. It is very individual, as Cece was saying. Like So, you know, subscribing to any one thing or any one plan or one diet or one, like, again, like just fad, whatever it happens to be, um, in hopes that by doing that, you're going to somehow lose some weight and then somehow feel better about yourself. It's not rooted in a lot of logic. It doesn't make any sense when you really sit down to think about it. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking like, if I lost 10 pounds, man, everything's going to be better. Really? I, I have not seen that happen. Um, you know, talk about, you know, transformations people have made and it's not the weight loss they're talking about. It's about all the other things they gain in life if they've lost the weight. Right. And that is just the self-confidence the the, the, I realized I was being really hard on myself and that was a huge roadblock for me to even losing the 10 pounds or, or whatever else. And once I got past that, man, I get through all kinds of other things. Um, you know, and again, the question is, is like, loving yourself and boosting your self-confidence. And I think that is just accepting where you are. I think you were kind of saying that and then deciding what it is you're going to do about it. And then more importantly, taking action. And those steps need to be planned out and they need to be rooted in logic. And they also need to be rooted in your own dietary, health, fitness, history, stress profile, lots of other things to kind of figure that out. We're talking about the, you know, just put the overall lifestyle plan to feel better. And uh, again, like saying that you love yourself, but then not, not taking care of your body, that those things for me don't work together. Right? There's a there's a gap there. There's a missing piece. Absolutely. And you know, again, I said said this a million times. Like, just because you're overweight or underweight doesn't mean you're a bad person or that you're a failure. It just if whatever you think about yourself, that's what you should be looking at. Yeah, like, do you take care of your family? Do you yeah. hold the door open for people? I mean, there's so many other things in life than how you look. Right. You know, like, are you a good fucking human? Yeah. Okay, then own that and and let that be part of it. I, I think the I think you'll feel better and you'll feel like a better human if you're healthier, you know, from the, ins, from the inside out, whatever that is. So whether you're underweight, you're under eating, you're not exercising, uh, you need to put on some muscle mass uh, and whatever. Uh, then that that could be considered unhealthy, I guess, in the longer term, right? If we're looking at somebody that's that is overweight or near obese or whatever else, obviously there are health risks associated with that as well. And if you really care about you and you care about yourself, your brain, your psychology, uh, your your emotional state, the people around you, the things that are important to you in life, then uh, I, I think you're going to be addressing that. And if you're not, again, I think that's the thing you need to examine and, and the reasons why before we start to. Because unless until you understand that, you'll never be able to embrace your body. You'll always resent it. Uh, and in 
that might be a harsh term, but I think that is the reality of what I've seen over the years with men and women resenting themselves, which then they use that unknowingly as sort of an excuse to not do the next thing, to not go to the... Self-sabotage. Exactly. It often turns into self-sabotage. So I think like the the other thing is like, what's the... The other question part of this is what's the tip to help me embrace who I am? First, it's you. Like you are you and you should do you, right? So again, going back to like where you sit on the line and um, there's a lot of... There's been a huge movement around body positivity and what should be accepted and whatnot. I, I think it's all great. Everybody should be accepted. All lives matter. Everybody's body matters. Everybody's uh, place in life should matter. They're humans. We should all be taking better care of ourselves as a human race. And that means taking care of one another. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, is uh, you know, embracing your, you know, kind of where you are and you doing you is you do you in the way that gets you to the healthiest, happiest point where you can live as vibrantly and be as successful as you can across the board. And hopefully in doing that, the weight loss, the weight gain, the having better shoulders, smaller butt, bigger butt, I don't know what the fuck, right? <laughs> You're going to embrace that and know that you put the work in. Because here's the other part about like doing that work, whether it, it, especially when it becomes a routine, that stops happening. Like, again, you have these little back, there's always going to be the consciousness of, oh, shit, I'm going to the pool this weekend. Like, yeah, I'm a little softer there than I wanted to be. Well, you know, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, the word I'm looking for is like, uh, get completely, that's the word I'm looking for here. Let, well, let, you get compulsive about it. It's, yeah. It's over compulsive. No, it's the thing that will leads. It yeah, leads up to the compulsive mm, compulsiveness. Um, I can be totally obsessed about it. I'm mm-hmm. not going to let it drag me down. Not going like, to let it impact uh, what you decide to do or not do. Correct. Well, in a sense, well, in terms of going to the thing, yes, whatever that event is where I'm going to be by the pool and maybe looking or feeling a little softer. For me, mm-hmm. everybody else, I guarantee you when other people look at you, they don't think anywhere near the same mm-hmm. way about yeah. you, about you like, as you You could ask them a question. They wouldn't even know what you're talking about. That goes about. both ways. For you guys out there and females out there that are ripped out of your mind and you think you look hot and whatever else, good for you. But I can guarantee you this right now, there's a lot of people out there that look at you and think you look weird. <laughs> it, it just is it's not right or wrong. It yeah. just is what it is. So going to the pool, you think you look fat. You know, uh, I guarantee you other people are like, fuck, that guy looks so good or she looks so good. Like, you know, whatever. There's that part of the reality too. So in terms of embracing this whole thing, think about the reality of this. You're going to be oftentimes your own worst critic or also the narcissist who thinks completely, you know, also, dip, everyone's, just disconnected everyone's from worried about themselves too. So you think everyone's looking at you. Yeah. They're still doing the same thing that you're doing. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I I wouldn't disagree with you. So, you know, again, tips for embracing yourself, I think, or embracing your body and kind of where it is now is think about the work that you are doing and the, and the, and the result that you're getting from it outside of way, excuse me, what might be in the mirror. And, and I mean that from internally, from the inside out, like, you know, you're getting healthier, like whatever your scenario is, think about those things um, and how that's going to impact your body longer term. And here's what I know, like, I know when people stay consistent with this, like the taking care of both the mind, body, spirit, health, all of that kind of stuff, they end up losing weight or gaining muscle because they're applying the exercise component if they've applied some type of a plan to it. So um, I again, the embracing the, that, that is, is like embrace like the little things and not necessarily what you're just seeing physically in the mirror every time you put, you know, you get out of the shower and you're standing there naked or in the, or in the towel or in your underwear or whatever else. Take, add up the small things 
uh, and keep adding up those small small things and stacking those wins. That's a huge thing. Yeah, because yeah. over time, I think you'll if you embrace that, then it almost again, there's no guarantees with anything, but it almost always results in a change physically, like from a body composition perspective, you know, from your ability perspective, being able to do things again, like, okay, maybe you haven't lost all the weight and you don't look exactly the way you want to look, but what are you doing now that you couldn't or wouldn't, weren't doing before? Fuck, you go out hiking three days a week with the, with the girlfriends, or you go out and ride your bike with your kids where you couldn't make it, you know, five minutes before. Um, Again, it's not all about the body, and and I've never known anybody that had a really sound body, you know, without having that other stuff kind of lined up too. Also, knowing the reality is we all struggle, mm-hmm. so uh, it's totally natural. I think this is a really good question. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, are asking themselves that question all the time and are comparing because that 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 game of comparison is an mm-hmm. evil bitch. And you mm-hmm. mentioned it, CC. I mean, we just open up the open up the phone at any given time and you're just being told how fat you are, how skinny you are, how not enough, how not good enough you are, right? Uh, it's it's very, very hard. So maybe the other part of that, part of the advice is, is like stay off of that shit. Like okay. eliminate the things in your life that make you feel that way. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like, stop looking at the social media, stop following those people, stop um, watching those TV shows, stop hanging out with those people that are completely obsessed about the way they look all the time or you know, or, and start having conversations with people about like how you don't want to be involved in that. Or you prefer not to have those conversations. I think that's all a, that's all a it's thing. All taking care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Self-care versus healthcare. Look at it that way and embrace the healthcare first or the, the self-care uh, or the health and self-care together at the same time first. And I think the other stuff you have, you'll find a lot easier time maybe embracing who you are and how you look and, and whatnot. Absolutely. I have a really busy schedule and I find myself eating out more than I'd like. How do you manage to consistently eat healthy when you're always on the go? That's a good one. Man, we just did a podcast on this. It hasn't dropped yet. Um, It will soon. Uh, We have all kinds of tips and tricks on there. We talk about, we talk with Steven on that podcast about uh, travel, busy work schedules, finding times to fit it in. So there's, I think it's about 45 minutes of kind of just, hey, here's all nice. the tips or maybe potential solutions. Um, I, and th- these this was spawned by people asking us basically this question before. So that's cool that this came up. Maybe we kind of overview that stuff. Yeah. Busy schedule. How do you fit it all in? How do you get it done? First off, I would just say this for, you know, you guys kind of give me what you do, but first thing is, is like, stop pretending like you're the only person that has a busy schedule. <laughs> uh, like you're not. So acknowledge it. Okay. My, my shit's busy, but how busy is it really? Um, and you're not a snowflake here. We're all busy at some, some level. Yes. I mean, you might have your friend that seems to have a much different schedule than you, but that doesn't mean they're not busy. That's your perception. So your perception of busy, everybody's got one of those. So, um, yeah, but I think there's, you know, first off acknowledging that and recognizing, okay, I'm busy. Now what, what, what do I do? Um, where do people struggle the most? Like when you see with like the schedule thing or like, what's the biggest excuse? Well, they don't plan. They don't prep. Mm-hmm. There you go. So they're not cooking. Yeah. I mean, if you, you're like, I have to eat out because you, one, obviously don't have time to cook during this work day. Why mm-hmm. don't you cook food the night before or on a Sunday for the whole week mm-hmm. or, you know, cook for three days, but you have it prepped. It's in your bag. Leftovers you're, are great. Yeah, you're able to pull it out. You eat. You don't have to go out. You don't have to spend that time driving or getting the DoorDash or whatever. It's there. Mm-hmm. And you can actually be more efficient and effective at your work. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's great. And still hit your goals. 
Yeah, so so meal prepping obviously is is an obvious one, but I think people go, oh man, it takes so much time. And I'm like, well, how much time do you watch watching Netflix it take every week? That any Netflix more time series. than if you were to drive yourself to a restaurant, sit down, order, wait for them to cook the food, wait for them to bring you the food, then for you to eat the food. Like it doesn't take any more time to cook the food, and it doesn't have to be fancy than it would be for you to drive over and go to a restaurant at the end of the day. And if you don't have time to cook food, I mean, there are so many things anymore that are ready to eat in the grocery store that you can go and you can buy it, whether it's, you know, already cooked chicken strips or, you know, something that you heat up in the uh, oven or the microwave. Um, So many places like Whole Foods and Sprouts, they have ready to go meals. Uh, I mean, so I, I think that it's just, you know, making the time. Yeah. So time is usually the first thing that comes up and, uh, I, you know, they, they bring that up as the challenge or objection. If you want to look at it, I I think this is more of, um, you know, when people ask this question, uh, I think it's more of a commitment issue for sure. Uh, And it's, this is not a time problem. This is a commitment problem. And because I guarantee if you really wanted to do this, you wanted it that bad or you needed it that bad, you would make the time to do it. So it's not a time thing. It's just a commitment to it. And then, and then, a misunderstanding, a misplacement of that energy is like, well, you know, I'll just go to the store and get all the prepackaged stuff or I'll go to the restaurant and, you know, I'll order and I'll get something to go. You haven't planned anything. You've just got yourself, you kind of put a bandaid over the problem for them for the moment. There needs to be a longer term solution to this. And that comes with preparation. And as we've say frequently, if you fail to plan, then you've planned to fail. And so that's probably why you're not getting this. Now that doesn't mean you have to meal prep everything. Um, but <laughs> You're probably going to, it means you're going to have to buy food ahead of time because life doesn't work where it's like, oh, I'm hungry now. I just, it's easily convenient. I mean, the, the food industry has made it insanely convenient to be able to buy food, you know, prepackaged now or prepared. And quite frankly, when we talk about like what's healthy versus unhealthy, like it, put that all aside, like it's, it's not terrible food. It's fresh, yeah. you know, to a certain extent, like as fresh as it's going to be, not, no less fresh than if you bought it raw, took it home, cooked it. And then meal prepped it. And then three days later, you're eating it, you know, because it's been sitting there. It's the same. Uh, A lot of excuses like, oh, it's got preservatives in it. Uh, Okay. I mean, there's a lot of packaged uh, food out there now that, yes, it may have some preservatives, but there, let's just say there's, there's a vast amount of food out there that is not, not that, Mm -hmm. not chock full of uh, additional preservatives and, and fillers and things like that. If you make the commitment to looking for it, going to the store that carries it uh, and finding some routine and then being patient with like, well, I don't like this. Cool. Then try something else. Like this doesn't taste good. I don't like the way this tastes. Great. There's another option for you. Go, go do all those things. So and again, like the busy schedule, first off, you've got a plan and you got to plan ahead. You know what you're, if it's busy, then you know, you already know this, you know what your schedule is. And sometimes things can hit you on the side of head. So plan. And then have a backup plan. There's snacks that you can carry around or, or little little things. We talk on this pot, this other podcast about bars and and uh, like trail mix and uh, little the 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 prepackaged things you were mentioning, like the you know whether shredded chickens. If we're talking about protein, which tends to be like the hard thing for people to get, yeah. uh, especially if they're busy, the thing that they're also not doing is not consuming enough protein because it, that usually takes the most prep time, and it, it it takes a little bit of effort to make it taste good. Right? I don't know a lot of people that don't eat, that eat meat purely, no seasoning, no nothing on it. They're putting something on it. Oh, yeah. Right? So, you know, you got you to plan, plan and then you also have to, if you're that busy and you know, oh, shit hits me on the side of the head, I'll, cool. Then what are you going to do when that happens? Like, 
What do you have on board? What's portable? What can you take? So it's not about like, I think when people ask this question, they want to hear the answer to like, which foods should I carry? What store do I go to? They, all the stores have the stuff. Mm-hmm. 7-Eleven has some stuff, right? AMPM has some stuff like Sprouts, Whole Foods, Safeway, Rallies, wherever the hell, or Rallies, wherever the hell it is you're shopping, it doesn't matter. They have all of this stuff. That's, you're asking the wrong question. The question is, is like, the question you should be, you should probably be asking is, is not what are the tips and tricks? What is the plan? Cause there is no secret sauce to any of this. What is your, what is your plan to getting this done? And then when it, it, you're finding it more difficult to get it done, like what is your plan to overcome that? So uh, that's setting up yourself for, for a long-term success. I don't know if that's what really people want to hear, but. Um, I also wanted to say one more thing about the time. <clears throat> you got instant pots, you got air fryers, you got ovens, you got Traeger grills. Yeah. You do not have to stand there. I sit there and watch TV while I cook. That's why I brought up the Netflix thing. So I brought up the Netflix. You're watching your net, you're, you're binging Netflix on Sunday or Saturday or whatever that, whenever it's staying up till two in the morning or whatever, doing it. Just set up the iPad or the phone in the kitchen while you're putting your stuff together, right? You, uh, you know, if it takes so long, cool. It just gives you that much longer to binge watch those episodes yeah. or whatever else. I mean, again, I think it's a commitment issue. It's less of a time issue. And also habit too. You know, you're stuck in this habitual form. I mean, you're going to start something the first week and then quit. It's going to take three weeks for you to kind of get into gear with this, right? Yeah. So you got to stick with it. I get where people's routines are a little bit off sometimes and like my mind gets off, you know, if we're traveling mm-hmm. or whatever. But now, like I know, okay, well, this is a time when our routine's off. What do we have on board? What do we plan? And again, the planning piece, and I'll just, I'll end it with this. The planning piece means having a high level of awareness or understanding of what your needs are in order to be successful. And I don't mean like, what food do I need on board? Like what... Do you know how much protein you're supposed to be eating, carbohydrate you're supposed to be eating? Because that absolutely dictates the type of food you're buying or the d- decisions that you're making when you're at the restaurant or whatever else. Because if that doesn't exist, if you don't, then what are we even talking about here, man? What do you want me to tell you? You want me to tell you, hey, here's this really good tasting protein bar that I like? That isn't the answer. That, that, that's a temporary thing. That's one, What? how long does it take to power down a protein bar? Three minutes? Maybe, yeah. That's three minutes out of a 24-hour day. What are you doing for the other you know, 23 hours, you know, 57 minutes. So, uh, you know, I think, I think it's that. I I just don't want to sugarcoat this thing with like, oh, there's all these tips and tricks that we have. There aren't, man. You have to put forth some You got to put the effort in. Yeah, you got to put the effort in. How can I boost my energy levels throughout the day with nutrition? Yeah, boosting energy levels with nutrition. Uh, That's a very general or broad question. Uh, boosting energy levels. Uh, the question I always like to ask uh, on the other side of that is like, well, when do you feel like your energy is low? Like, let's, let's figure out like, why, why are you asking me this? Like, and I mean that like respectfully, like what's going on? Like, uh, I was talking with Chris, uh, Ellis from Santa Cruz power a couple of weeks back, the, that episode on, um, HRT. We were talking about guys as they're reaching a certain age and they're starting to see a drop in their hormone levels or, you know, the hormone profiles start to get a little bit imbalanced. And they, they, they recognize they're really tired, right? Uh, they just don't have the energy that they, they, um, they used to have, right? They don't have the drive that they have. And one of the things that, that comes up sometimes when we talk to guys that are really in sort of a rut, they're finding themselves in a hole, uh, is like they get really tired. I'm like, man, I got to pull over on the side of the road and take a nap sometimes because I find myself falling asleep, you know, on the highway driving or commuting or whatever else. Like, I got to just get off the road because I'm, and so the question is, is like, what is that? And, and, the, the question is centered around the term energy 
right? When we look at that, you know, as nerds, it's like, well, what's the currency that our body runs on? It's yeah. ATP, yeah. right? So that's how all energy is broken down and ultimately um, utilized. Like that's our, that's our energy system at the cellular level. Is it, is it that that's a problem or are there other things that could be making you feel tired or have low energy. So when I look at the term energy, I look at that. I look at what is the currency that our body runs on from a fuel systems perspective, and are we low on that? Because addressing that issue is much different than addressing something different where somebody's maybe hormonal balance is out of whack and they've got a, they have enough energy in their system. Their body is not uh, positively yeah, or efficient at using the energy that we're putting in. So I'm glad that it brought it back to this person brought it back to nutrition uh, because obviously nutrition can impact both of those things, right? Uh, Ultimate currency that we have from an energy or a fuel systems perspective, we'll call it energy systems, if you will, because there's there's many of them without boring people. And then there's also how the imbalance of those things over time, overdoing it, not being properly recovered, being in recovery, all that kind of stuff relating back to nutrition at, at a lot of levels can impact how we feel from a, like a hormonal perspective and how the body deals with the actual energy we're putting in it. Um, so that's kind of like the sets the table for maybe how we answer this, this question. Maybe I ask a question to you guys and that would be like, what do we see people doing to quote unquote find energy throughout the day? Energy drinks. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Bangs. Yep. Uh, bangs. Monsters. Pre-workout or, stuff if they have a workout later to do in, in the day. Yeah. So they're looking for a boost in, in performance somehow or they need an upper. Uh, I wouldn't even consider that nutrition. Like that, that is, I mean, <laughs> it's a substance. Um, it, maybe it could be loosely related to as nutrition, but you're drinking the sugar-free. So there's really no calories in it. So if there's no calories in it, there literally is no energy in it. So think about that. Like I'm drinking. You're taking em- energy from empty, your body to use it. Yeah, that. There's, there's nothing in that, that that provides my body that currency that we just talked about. ATP, that's going to ultimately be broken down into glucose and to ATP, right? At the cellular level. So what you're doing is you're, you're putting chemicals in your body that will then impact uh, organs or your endocrine system in some way uh, that then gives you a hormonal response that makes you feel, quote unquote, energetic. Right by boosting by a, you know, I, I guess, um, sorry, influencing the adrenal complex, uh, what we're feeling from a cortisol complex, what we feel from an adrenaline, a, a norepinephrine, epinephrine, you know, complex. Like that is not the same as energy. So I think those are misplaced terms. And so when we answer that question, or when we answer this question, I just want to make sure we're putting that out there. That if you're one of those people that's like, oh, I need more energy, I'm going to the Seven Eleven, I'm getting my my two for five bucks, two for $4 monsters. That is not curing. That's not fixing your energy problem. It's going to get worse down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what you're, what you're doing is you're stimulating, right? Artificially stimulating a hormonal response that gives you that upper. Now there can be advantages to that. We know the performance advantage of caffeine. Oh yeah. Right. We also know what happens when you can overdo. We also know there's some limitations there. So when we talk about the caffeine thing or like uh, pre-workouts, things like that, you're not actually giving yourself energy in most of those cases. Energy, again, being some type of calorie, right? Um, yeah, because what they're experiencing could be multiple things, right? Micronutrient deficiencies. Um, you're just under eating. You're not sleeping, right? Your cortisol curve is completely off, right? Guys getting tired or waking up at three in the morning and then, you know, three in the afternoon, they're tired, mm-hmm. right? So there's so many things that you can need to look at when I, 
I feel tired, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a whole maraud of things. So it's hard to just say, we're going to give you energy via, you know, carbs or whatever the macronutrients are, right? That's a place to start and hopefully impacts everything else. But you need to look at sleep and hormones and all of these different things uh, to be in the know. Yeah, I would say like, so if I'm trying to manage this throughout the day, when we talk about hormones and managing the energy balance, how my body deals with deals with the calories uh, metabolically that I put in, here's some, here's some, here's some guidance. I'm going to call this tips or tricks. This is guidance. And that would be one, when we look at the hormones that most impact, like, like us feeling tired versus feeling, um, you know, uh, energetic, uh, most people have heard about like the insulin cortisol response, right? So when you put food in any type of food and you're going to have some type of an insulin response that your body is basically, it's the key, it's the mechanism that shuttles that energy into the system, gets it into the bloodstream, then it, uh, ultimately cellularly, for, so your body can do what it needs to do with it. So if we can manage that, like the insulin cortisol response or, or uh, sorry, specifically insulin and the glucagon response, which is the the counter to the insulin. So everybody knows the feeling like you eat that big ass piece of chocolate cake, right? At the end of dinner, after a couple glasses of wine, the big ass steak, you know, some baked potatoes, some (laughs) some sauteed asparagus, maybe with some, you know, some truffle butter or whatever on it, right? All over, right? And then they bring out the big ass piece of chocolate cake and you just dog that $1,500 or 1500 calorie, you know, piece of cake. And what happens? Like immediately like, oh my God. So there's a couple things happening. Like for a lot of people, that chocolate and even that some of the parts of that meal are turning on all the reward centers. All the red lights and buttons and switches start going off. And they're like, fuck, it's like sex, right? I'm having chocolate cake. And you feel like you feel, quote unquote, energetic. You're like, oh, this feels really good. But then quickly thereafter, like you want to go into what we kind of refer to as like the diabetic coma, right? mm-hmm. the food coma, right? What's happening there? Well, because you put all that, all those, all that energy into your system, all that food, the, the that's the fats, that's the carbs and it's the protein. Your body drove up its insulin response through the pancreas in order to push that those calories and partition those things in the way that it wants to partition them. It needs to partition them. Now, I mentioned the two glasses of wine. <laughs> uh, if you if you took on the, the the two glasses of wine, your body's going to want to partition that first. So all a lot of work's going to go into to dealing with that alcohol before it starts to deal with those other things. Probably another talk for another time. But think about that. Now that now I'm putting on this 1,500 calorie piece of chocolate cake, right? Where's it going to go? What's it going to do? So body's like, holy shit, more insulin, more insulin. We got to deal with this. And then as that's happening, your body's recognizing like, whoa, we got a lot of insulin in here. Like this is not good for too long. So what, do it, what does it do? It turns on glucagon. So it releases this other hormone. Glucagon is going to counter that. It's going to start to bring it back down. Well, just like you spiked your insulin response, now your, your body's trying to counter that with the glucagon response. So it spikes its glucagon response. And what, what ends up happening? The food mm-hmm. coma. Now you feel tired, right? Is it because you don't have enough energy? Oh, hell no. That was like a 3,000 calorie meal I just <laughs> yeah. went through. You got plenty of energy. What you have is a hormone, a hormone imbalance there. So I, I bring that example up as we go to managing the energy levels throughout the day. If I can manage so that I don't have these huge spikes, these huge peaks and valleys, then I'll feel more energetic. I won't feel those lows. Understand where the low is coming from. Even if you're getting enough calories. And you mentioned, Jeff, like maybe you're not getting enough calories. So that's one thing. But managing that that throughout the day is really important, uh, for, especially if you're not very insulin sensitive. So if you've been, well, for lack of a better term, if you're in a metabolic situation where that doesn't work very efficiently, or you've been abusing yourself, not taking care of yourself, um, and you know, 
it's it's resulted in low insulin sensitivity, then you might be getting the feeling these energy lows throughout the day. You'd be it, it's always I'm always shocked at how when we start to work and start to do things consistently, like what we're talking about right now, which is let's manage how we get those calories in through the day. Let's manage the next part being okay, there's the calories part, then there's the macros part. What are we doing in terms of, you know, how much protein, how much carbohydrate, how much fat are we taking in? Because those things balance one another. Uh, you know, you get less of an insulin response, you know, with some foods versus other foods, carbs, fats. People want to get in the, oh, there's a glycemic index, you know, there's all that stuff. Look, we're splitting hairs. Let's not go down that road. Uh, for most people, they just need to eat more well-balanced through the day and, and, and never let themselves get to a point where it dips too low or gets too high. Um, knowing the reality of it is on occasion it's going to, and there are times where you can leverage that, right? Like if I'm going to going to work out, I might want to leverage my insulin response a little bit, right? Following, you know, following my, uh, my workouts, I've got that higher cortisol response. That's the hormone we're all chasing there. I may, I may chase that with a little bit more carbohydrate, right? To balance that out a little bit. And so glad you said that. Yeah. All this, it's, these are, these are black belt things. Maybe not black belt. They're more like, like maybe brown, you know, purple or brown belt type stuff. But the, 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 the basis of this is, is just managing the macros and the calories throughout the day. That is the best way the best way to manage the energy highs and lows uh, from a nutrition perspective, right? You mentioned, Jeff, like the sleep the sleep thing. And I don't think people put enough credit into how that impacts them. You know, they're just like, oh, I'll just have an extra cup of coffee or, or whatever else. Without getting too deep into the sleep end of things, like it's, we know those that sleep less than six hours a night have serious, it has serious health, health impacts. And this is like on a consistent basis. Yeah. And one of those health impacts is your insulin sensitivity the next day. So if you're getting less than six, let's just say you get poor sleep and less than six hours, uh, the next day, your, your body's sensitivity to that insulin and insulin, let's just say insulin response will be different. It will be, it will be less. So you will be less insulin sensitive the next day after getting poor sleep. than if you managed your, your, your process. And then again, going back to feeling the highs and lows, obviously that's going to impact it. So sleep, sleep is a huge thing too. There's also tracking and understanding where those lows are. So again, going back, my original question was like, well, where are you feeling these highs and lows and exactly what's going on? So, and you mentioned Jeff, maybe it's sleep, maybe you're eating, you're not eating enough. Maybe you are eating enough. It's just, it's not well balanced. Um, Timing may have something to do with that. Like We've talked about some of this stuff on the on the on the show. I don't want to go too deep into it. Like, eh, maybe less carbs in the morning, you know, higher protein, higher so fat. I'll, I'll just throw it out there. When I eat carbs in the morning, first meal, I do get a little tired. So I usually stick with a higher. Pro- I still have carbs, but it's just higher protein, higher fat, and I'm satiated a little longer. I don't get that dip. I work out, and then afterwards, I'm fucking carbs all fucking day. Right, right. So it's. I think the trick is is don't let yourself get there. Uh, don't you know? T- anticipate, you know, when those things are. And yeah. I think there's, there are things that you can do again, but just to start with, Hey, let's make sure we're getting the right amount of macros or the right amount of calories, uh, the right amount of macros. And then, um, be, be aware of what's happening when you're doing that. Like, is it, is it helping or is it hurting? Yeah. Like, am I feeling a, I feel? a good response, a bad response? So there's some objective stuff and subjective stuff to this and, and, uh, being able to, uh, be flexible and make adjustments as you. And it's all you like go. you're saying, it's all about playing with it. You're never going to have a proper nutrition program. You might start it and halfway through, you might have to tinker with some things. It's all about exploring, finding out what works for you and putting that into a program. And it's always going to change. It's never going to be the same. Correct. I've been eating different. New, it, it always changes depending on the goal, my hormone profile, my mm-hmm. recovery, 
what I'm doing, everything. And that comes with time, but that's where we want to get to. But when I first started, I didn't know all of this, right? I just started eating and... Yeah, you have to create trial and a error. habit yeah. and a foundation first before you can start to tinker with yeah, it, absolutely. you know, based on activity and everything like that. So. Yeah, we hear the term intuitive eating. Like, yeah. there's no such thing unless you have consistency to reach mm-hmm. back yeah. to know, you have to to know a, about. You yeah, data. That, 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 that term doesn't bother me, but I... I have a lot of reservation with it because people, oh, I just eat intuitively. Yeah. What, what in the mean? fuck does it that It gives mean? them an excuse to do whatever the yeah. fuck Sometimes, they want. sometimes, or it just gives them, it, it gives them a false sense of security. Mm-hmm. But I think if you haven't had some consistency in something, even if it was the wrong thing, right? You don't have anything to reach back to. Uh, and when I say like the wrong thing, I just mean you, you chose a diet or some type of a program that you know, or some style of eating or whatever that, uh, you know, you thought was going to give you a certain result and it didn't give that to you, but you followed a plan of some kind. You followed some type of guidelines or framework that gives you, that gives you the knowledge to then reach back, um, and understand how, from a wisdom perspective, how you might <laughs> apply the things going forward. So yeah, intuitive, intuitive doesn't make any sense. I think a lot of people think it's intuitive, um, think they're eating intuitively when they when they when they don't really understand what that what that term may, means. So yeah, get get a plan, get regular, um, the basics. Don't go reaching for supplements or you know uh, a miracle teas or anything like that. And you know, energy you're, you're not getting energy from your caffeine drinks and your pre workout. That's not you're not providing it energy. You, you could be impacting positively how your body deals with the energy that's in your body. Or negatively, depending on what your current state is. So uh, think about those things as you're going through your day. I'm looking for some kind of nutrition guide to challenge myself to better health. What are some of your experiences or transformations with nutrition? And do you have any advice for someone that might want to try it? Nutrition guide. Challenge. So big words like nutrition guide, challenge, uh, and transformations. I think those are all words that generally kind of buzzwords. Yeah, there's a buzzwords that definitely uh, are involved in the nutrition coaching game or in the fitness game. Obviously, for probably a lot of reasons. Guides, I've seen a million of them. We've written a ton of them. Uh, I've read them, uh, lots and lots and lots of guides, and everybody's got a guide. So, uh, yeah, I have some recommendations there from a challenge perspective. Um, I like this idea, but I don't like where it's gone. Uh, like when, when people talk about like challenges, specifically in this industry, it's like a fat loss challenge or a weight loss challenge. I remember when this came up, there was a company um, owned by Bill Phillips. I forget the name of the company, but their product was Myoplex. Oh, I remember Myoplex. Yeah. Was, wait, was Myoplex... Um, they're, 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 they were going they were going up against metrics so metrics was the uh was the the competitive brand right and they were the first ones that kind of came out with like they weren't the first but they were right up there with the meal replacement packets and they were hitting the, the world by storm like it was like 40 grams of protein 40 grams of carbohydrate you know whatever fat like by the way gut bomb I was say. <laughs> but it tasted good Way better, and it was convenient as hell. I was like, dude, there's coming these little foil packets. We can take them anywhere. They were they were the first ones to get on the game with like, we're not just doing chocolate and vanilla. Like every month, there was like a new, there was like a new flavor. They were experimenting with strawberry and all kinds of minty flavors and whatever else. So it was like it was novel. And then there was this other company. This guy by the name of uh, Bill Phillips came up with. Um, he was big in the industry for a long time. 
And uh, one of the products, his product was Myoplex, basically the competitor to Metrics, same things. Well, he got wise. Uh, and this is in the days when the internet was starting to get big. And this sounds like so long ago. I mean, we're talking 25-ish years ago. Oh, man. And he came out with this, this, this challenge. It was a phallus challenge. He made it basically countrywide. Like it was like this national challenge. And it was where we first started really seeing like in the, um, we, we started seeing people standing there when they're before pictures, right? And then they had, uh, they would hold the newspaper up for the day that they took the picture, right? And then, you know, three months later, they'd be holding that thing up in their transformation. And it really get, it was like, I would say it's like, it was like CrossFit was like in the late nineties or like early two thousands to, uh, to fitness, what was these weight loss challenges and man, did people get fired up about it. And, you know, he was smart. It came with a nutrition plan an exercise plan. And of course the supplement plan, cause you wanted to have your supplements or whatever, but people were having these crazy, crazy transformations. They were losing tons of weight and they were basically going from fat to fit, if you will. And, you know, then people got wise to like, Oh my God, well, if you tan and you turn a certain way and you angle yourself this way and you can push your gut out at the beginning, like yeah. things were like people looking at the like, dude, this is all over the internet now. Yeah. But it wasn't then it was yeah. new. And my point of this is, is like then, I mean, they made millions of dollars on these things. Cause there was an entry, there was like an entry fee you had to, you had to submit, but they were, it was like $10 maybe. What might not even been that much or maybe it was free, but people were, they were making their money on the supplement sales and they were everywhere they were in every gym, every grocery store, every supplement store, whatever. Um, my point is, well, the gyms are looking at this. Every gym owner, every personal trainer out there is, oh, well, Bill can do it. I can do it with my clients. And so the dawn of fitness, quote unquote, fitness or fat loss or weight loss challenges came to the table. And now all of a sudden, everybody's doing a weight loss challenge because it's a way to get people fired up mm-hmm. and it's a way to get, make some money. And I think both are good, but I think they get wildly out of control. And the problem with that is now it sets in with like, everything's got to be a weight loss challenge in order for me to achieve this goal. And it's like, it's 90 days and there's no then what. Uh, you don't teach anybody anything through well, yeah, there except remember, for how to uh, suffer. Biggest loser? The, oh, the, the best one is the biggest loser. Mm-hmm. Those people fucking hated that. They were shamed into losing weight. They were beaten up. They were medically supervised. They were ta- they were on such calorie restriction and taking such a beating all the time. And what happened with all those people? They all gained the weight back. Mm-hmm. They learned nothing. And they hated the fucking process. Yeah. So I love this person's asking about like, hey, I'm really looking to challenge myself. When people are doing that, like I want them to love the process. Mm-hmm. I want them to really be like, and with the reality of, I know they're not going to love it all the time, but I want them to get through the struggle and the hard parts and whatever so they can look back and go, I did that. I learned something there. Now I know how to adjust things going forward. So going back to the guide question, if you had a guide um, that could help you through that process uh, and help you learn about yourself through the past, the current or the present and plan for the future, and, and, and without any tips and tricks, without being sold supplements and without having to get up there, you know, and compete with anybody outside of yourself and sort of be guided and, and just go, what are the steps I need to understand that I can examine for myself? I can choose the own food, their own foods I want to, want to eat. That was the thing about this challenge. Like here's your pre-scripted, you know, yeah. menu plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are certain people that can do that and certain people that, that just will not do that. Right. Uh, but if, if I could give you something where you can do that on your own, you tell me what you want to eat. Like you tell you is more what it is. Like as long as it fits into this framework, like 
now you'll understand how to make adjustments within there. And you may understand like maybe you should be eating a little bit less of this and a little bit more of that. And maybe this is a food to eliminate, you know, out of my, my, my weekly or daily routine. And this is like a once a month thing for me. And this is what I want to add. I need to eat more frequently. And here's some that I can consider eliminating or consider keeping in depending on how they make me feel and how I react as individuals. Because we've talked about this before, like maybe wheat doesn't work well for me. Maybe uh, dairy doesn't work well for me. All that. Great. You figure it out. So the challenge would be for them is like, how do I challenge myself to figure this out? Mm -hmm. Um, And and also understanding that there's going to be tough times and there's going to be some roadblocks there. And in that guide, could it give you, could it prepare you for those things and then, and give you guidance on how to reach back to what you've already learned or what you knew from the past to make the right decision for you going forward? Uh, I think a good guide, and there's a lot of them out there, will, will, will set you up for that kind of success if you're looking for like general nutrition success. Now, I'm also going to say this, if you are trying to be a bodybuilder and step on stage and that's the kind of challenge you're looking for then you need something very, very specific for you. Uh, If you're looking for, if you are medically uh, in a very, very unhealthy situation and you are looking for some type more of like a medical, you may need more of like a medical weight loss type of program. Those are very extreme and they do need like, going back to like Biggest Loser, they need like the supervision of a doctor. There are individuals out there clearly, obviously in America right now that need that or everywhere. Uh, That's a little bit of a different story. But if you're looking like, hey man, I want to, I really want to get my arms around this. or I feel like I do have my arms around this pretty well. I have background. I've done this before. I may have even competed, I've, I've, but I, I feel like there's some things I'm missing right now and I need to clean it up a little bit to be more healthy versus more competition-based in my head. Uh, the answer to the question is, yeah, I got a, I got a great guide for you. <laughs> I got a great one. Oh, man. The shameless plug. Uh, we actually put together a program just for that. Uh, we call it Fuel You. Uh, and you can do it two, one of two ways. You can go uh, self-guided. Uh, we put it all together with video, reading, action worksheets so that you can do it on your own. Resources, additional materials like cheat sheets uh, for like, hey, here's your proteins, your carbohydrates, you know, like from a macros perspective. So you don't have to go hunting for information. We teach you how to, there's a, you know, give you some direction on how to maybe onboard an app to, or two to help you through your process. If you're, you know, from a tracking perspective or even just from a guidance perspective, uh, that, that kind of stuff. And um, we've tried to make it fun, but also like, look, it's, it's education, right? So you get out of, it, out of it what you put into it. And we've given, we've set it up in a way to where like most guides are, you know, people are trying to get you to just do a free download so they collect your email. Look, I've got those. We have those on our mm-hmm. on our website. Sure. Like, but anytime we put out a guide, I am very conscious about I don't want to put out some fucking bullshit. This is not a one pager with a bunch of pictures and three paragraphs on this is how you lose fat most effectively. Um, we really put a lot of effort into way too much money, uh, honestly, and way too much effort into creating these things so that when people get them in their hands, they're like, holy shit. I'd rather have them say, dude, this is way too much for me than this is a re- this is a piece of shit. Like what a waste of time. Um, so, uh, the the feel you is kind of one of those things we put a lot of stuff into it. And really what it is, is, you know, going back to like the challenge, it's challenging somebody like through a 30 day period to kind of gain some knowledge about themselves and what they should be doing. Um, and so what I can kind of look at that is, is not your typical 30 day challenge. It's a different kind of challenge. It's a different kind of 30 day challenge. And by the way, you can do this and utilize this. 
Yeah, 60 days or at your own pace, Go through it right? in four days if yeah. you want. You won't be able to, to truly do the work in that amount of time. But if you wanted to get through the whole program, you could. I mean, there's a there's a guide in there. It's got it's like 80 plus pages. I know it's a lot, but think about this. There's like some materials and cheat sheets. It's not all reading. Uh, there's things for you to fill out so that you can keep, you know, that you're keeping on just a roadmap there for, for your own. Your, your own success. And then there's tons of videos because some of the reading is heavy. We get that. Like some people, they learn a little differently. So if you're going to get a guide, you know, some people just don't read, they don't, they don't get the information from the reading the same way they get it from listening to it. I mean, YouTube's a, YouTube's crazy, right? Like honest, obviously people are telling us YouTube is a great learning platform. So yeah, we have our feel you program that, that does that. I don't know. Is there anything you want to add on the field? You, I just kept going on because I'm really proud of that program. It's a self-guided program, but then also we're getting ready to launch again, um, group feel you. So you can do it with other individuals. If, if you have some friends or, um, other individuals that just want to take the class at that, that designated, um, time period that we're, we're running it. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. I think the, um, so Steven and I are going, going into this, no, having some experience with this before, we've done Group Feel You. So what is Group Feel You? It's basically that online self-guided program. But what we're adding in is live coaching sessions throughout that 30-day period for the group that, that decides to, to enroll in the program, as well as giving access to us, the coaches, through the program individually. So we haven't, they'll just be working through the Red Dot Fitness app to, to message us or contact us or send us and so we can send and receive emails, videos, whatever else that people you know have questions about so that we can help them through the program as well as through these weekly coaching sessions, which, you know, the structure of those is like, hey, let's talk about what we learned. Let's talk about what we, what we're, where we, where we were challenged. But I think more it's, it's about like, well, let's set ourselves up for success going forward. Like, what did this material mean for you? And again, uh, working on the concept of individuality, how do you apply this differently or how do I apply this specific concept to my specific thing? And that's not something you might typically get or would typically get in the self-guided program. This is the bonus to that. And again, now you've got this relationship. We're learning about you. We can start to answer those questions uh, uh, more specifically uh, and be more informed rather than maybe you know answering them generally. Uh, that's always the tough part with giving nutrition guides to anybody is like, look, this may fit a very large part of the population, but there's certainly going to be the left and rights on here that, that, that this may not apply to. So this, this, this tunes that up. Yeah. We're getting ready to getting ready to run that very, very soon and run that on a regular basis. So people can check out, um, RDF They want to know about that. There's, you can see the different options there and when the, the next enrollment dates are transformations wise. This one's a big one, like just kind of hitting the transformations. People think transformation's like the biggest loser. Mm-hmm. Like you went from 400 pounds to 150 pounds. That is a transformation. Uh, I always like to ask the question, cool, how's that going? You know, like how did, the, how did that transformation for that time period look 30 days later, 60 yeah, days later, year later? Because like you're saying, like, I don't mind the, the challenges for weight loss, right? But you do need to have a plan afterwards, right? Like, why do you want to lose 20 pounds and then stop? Mm-hmm. and go back to what you were doing. It just kind of blows me away. You spent all this three months doing all of this hard work and you just, you hit the goal and now you want to flush it down the toilet where it's like, okay, let's maybe start a new goal or a new objective after that. So we're constantly building towards something, right? Or even just maintenance, right? Because yeah. yeah. isn't it life a lot better and not having to like stress about 
relearning or starting from ground zero again. Just keep maintaining where you're at. And should you have other goals based on whatever comes up in life, putting on more muscle mass or whatever it might be, you know, then you have a a, a a platform that you're starting at where you're not starting from ground zero. Mm-hmm. That last part is the, that's how to live better for me. Like, sure. cause once you understand this stuff, what challenge do you want to put yourself through? Because if you understand the fundamentals, where you are, what, what, what your body's capable of, what you're capable of from like a mindset perspective, how to do these things for yourself, sky's the fucking limit within reason, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want to run a, you want to do some type of performance goal. You want to run some type of a challenge there. Like I want to ramp up to this event. Cool. The fundamentals are still the same. How do we adjust those going forward? How do I periodize my nutrition in order to get there? How do I periodize my programming from my exercise perspective and make those adjustments? It's great. Okay. I want to go through a cut. Like I've been on this maintenance phase for a while. How do I go on this cut? How do I lose that eight, 10 pounds I've been hanging around that's been hanging around for that Cancun vacation or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you're set up to do that. And then when you come out of that, know that, all right, I've been in this deficit for a little while. What should my plan be? Uh, I should probably do a little bit of a recovery diet to come out of this, right? So that I go back to maintenance and then maybe go into the quote unquote bulk. How do I bulk without being fat or, you know, eating like an asshole all the time? Like, what does that really mean? You know, how do I go into a surplus effectively so that then I can go, all right, now I put on three more pounds of muscle. Do I want to cut again? Do I want to do some other? Yep. Do I just want to maintain? We'll dance. That's the fucking best way to live, that, man. That or yeah. what if you're just at maintenance and you know what? You have a vacation coming up and you're ready to go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. Like, yeah. I don't have to get crazy, yeah. you know? Like, I don't have to get crazy with this. So just little tweaks. Yeah, those um, those transformations, you know, I think those, you know, how do you do it? It starts with all the things that we just talked about. It was like understanding where you are and like what's reasonable um, have we had some great ones? Yes. yes. We've had mm-hmm. some tremendous transformations. And, you know, people will well, how much weight did this person lose? Look, we've had some 100-pound weight losses plus, mm-hmm. plus. We've had less. We've had people gain, you know, 30 pounds, 40 pounds of, uh, of, of weight, right? And a large part of that being muscle that were in so, they were just, you know, they, they needed that muscle mass and they wanted that muscle mass. So we've had them come out the other side. You know, how did we get to the 100 pound plus weight losses? Well, the first one lady comes to mind. It's really for us, there's a framework, right? And, and, you know, it's like understanding who she is, what's been going on. There were all, there's a lot of things, right? Weight losses in a transformation, like from a weight loss perspective or a weight gain perspective is never, ever only about the food. Uh, so it's understanding all the components that go into that. We talk about that actually in Fuel You, but, and we talk about it on the show, but we, we get into that. Got into that. So where are we? Where have we been? And what do we need to do? And 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 the hardest part was this lady, albeit she needed to needed to lose a hundred pounds, she also needed to eat more, which might blow people's minds, right? So it's how do we start to go through what we'll call how do we go through a process of getting her mindset around this reverse diet process, yeah. right? And and start to come out of the hole that she's created for herself, knowing like her goal when she walked through the door is I need to lose a hundred mm-hmm. pounds. Cool. So the first thing we're going to do is give you more calories. They always the fuck out. So, you know, that, that, that was, you know, we had to, we had to examine where we were and we had to do that very, um, very specifically and in a way that, that she felt comfortable also knowing she wasn't comfortable. Like, how do we, how do we tug the strings? How do we set the, set the stage here so that we take these little steps at a time and that first month being super critical as you get into the six weeks, eight week mark and we're, we're starting to feel and look maybe a little different, like, oh, oh, this shit might be working, but man, it's like, in some cases it was like really close contact, like 
weekly meetings. She was also working out. So we were seeing her, I was constantly checking in, making sure she felt support, got the support she needed, answered the questions, didn't let her get too far off into the weeds, uh, didn't sign off on her bullshit when she was trying to make an excuse, but also didn't let her get too high or too low. So uh, that was that. Was that. There was uh, some supplementation recommendations that I think, looking back, I mean, she definitely needed a little bit more protein and it was hard to get that in for her. So we gave her some some uh, some protein supplementation uh, stuff. She was at a period in life where men, uh, you know, menopause is kind of setting in there. There was some supplementation recommendations there. Uh, and then there was also some advice to maybe go see the physician about looking at the current medication she was on uh, and and making some adjustments as she went through. Not we were telling her you need to adjust this, but like, hey, you haven't seen this person in seven or eight months. Now you have all this new activity. Things are changing. Let's do that. Um, and then it was, again, this reverse diet process for for quite some time until we could got her to maintenance level. And by the way, eating more calories, losing weight. Wow. Losing weight wow. Right? on more calories. Who would have thought? Right? <laughs> and we just kept titrating and, and, and keeping close contact. And then again, at some point it did come to where we started getting, we went through a series of cuts and then return to maintenance, cuts and then return to maintenance so that we never let her, her, get, um, her get settled. And while that might sound very general and people are out there going, well, I got 50 pounds to lose. So I'm just going to do that. You know, I'm going to do that plan. No, that's not the right plan for you. Yeah. Like that was the right plan for her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the, on the muscle gaining side of thing, the, 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 sorry, the weight gain side of things, it was a much different plan. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, that was the right plan for that dude, but that doesn't mean it's the right plan for you. And I think, you know, the, 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 the real transformations come along with what, how this thing started with was just teaching them how to be in control. Yeah. And, you know, when you get to a point where like, I need somebody to help me because I'm, you know, the first one was, there were some serious, serious health considerations that we were, we were working around there. And the other guy was just like, I feel like shit. Like I, I don't feel attractive. I'm single. I feel I'm lonely. There was a bunch of stuff that came along with like, I just want to, I don't, it's not like, I just want to look better naked. Like, there's a lot of things that went into this and challenges. And so that the plan that we had to put together for those two individuals is much different than the plan that you, you, you might need to be on. So, and their whys are going to be way different than your why. So those are things that need to be examined. And so when we look at transformations, the biggest transformations are the people that come out the other side and go, I feel so much better. Like I, maybe I haven't lost the hundred pounds I was trying, but I've lost 25 and damn, like my life is completely different now. I have different relationships with my kids. I'm not as grouchy. I sleep better. I get outside. I'm active. I've cut this negativity piece out of my life. Like I feel like I can really do it. To me, that's as much of a transformation as what you may see in a picture on a scale. So, you know, when you, when you talk about transformations, keep that in, 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 in mind. And if you're looking to make a transformation, then, you know, again, what's the why behind that? And get together with with somebody that that um, can sit down and have a conversation with you about like, hey, what should this timeline look like? Is this realistic? Uh, you know, what things have you considered? What are your non negotiables? Like, you want to do this, but you're also not willing to do that. So, what are those things? I think those things are all, all come up with the transformation talk. I know that being in a supportive health community is important. I've tried motivating family and friends to join my health journey, but it's been really tough. How did you find your tribe and how has your health journey impacted all of you? That's a, wow. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a crazy question. Uh, tribe. Wow. Well, <laughs> we built the tribe. 
uh, I, I have to be honest, like with all the, the moving around and the things I've done in my life, uh, I knew kind of where, what I, where I, and who I wanted to be surrounded with. And so I took responsibility for that and built it. Uh, not everybody has that, that opportunity, but I believe there's a lot of really great tribes out there. And I may have not had one that, uh, that I, that I was in close proximity to that I really felt like I was a huge part of, or could have been a part of. Uh, so for me, it was like, well, what do I want? What have other people told me they want? And how do we build that and surround myself with, with those types of people to continue to build it? Um, th- that's a really good question. I, I understand there's a lot of people out there looking for that. And, and I'll add this to it. I think in the last few years, with all the crazy shit that's happening politically, geopolitically, and, you know, <laughs> tribes, people planting flags and all different kinds of things and wanting to be wanting to take a stand for something, but not understanding maybe fully what that really means. Yeah. Ramifications. Yeah. And the ramifications that that could have, or the questions that it creates or the actual separation that joining a tribe. Okay, great. You feel part of the tribe, but by doing that, that may separate you from these other people unknowingly or unintentionally, or maybe it is intentionally and just understand the consequence of that. So when it comes to fitness and, and, uh, and health, Whatever I think, if you're out there on the search, uh, one of the great great things about this 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 business is there's there's no shortage of it, right? So you know you you shop and you you spend time with people, and I think it's you know if if what you're doing is you're choosing a tribe based on what you see on Instagram uh, or what you hear on YouTube or whatever else, and you're using that as your as your choice, you know, or because somebody else said you should, that's that's gonna you're probably going to have a really tough time finding yourself fitting in. I think you got to go spend time places uh, and you, you should be able to you talk to all the individuals. Um, and, and if you feel uncomfortable, well, let's just say if you get a vibe that people don't want to do that with you uh, or that they, they think that that's weird or they're getting, they're kind of giving that, that, that vibe off. I think it's a pretty, pretty good indication. It's probably not really a tribe despite what they're saying. Uh, there's a difference between cults and tribes. <laughs> And so know what you're getting yourself, yourself into there. But, uh, for me, it was just a long, it was my journey along the way of, of figuring out what was important to me, understanding what wasn't important to me, understanding what I was wanting to tolerate and not tolerate, what understanding what, what, uh, um, gotta have your boundaries. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So tolerate, when I say tolerate, I mean, yeah, what are my boundaries? What are my conditions? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are my non-negotiables? Uh, what will I, what, what, what can I do? I do, what can't I do in certain situations and, uh, you know, in terms of environments and philosophies, methodology, uh, and, and a lot of that is very, it's interpretive, right? Or there's a l- large room for interpretation. Um, and so I like to go to places or be around people that want to have those discussions. And, um, I'd, I'd like to be in places where I don't agree with everybody on everything and they don't agree with me yet. We can still sit there and have that discussion, um, about whatever it is. Um, so you're in a gym. One of our rules here is no politics and no religion. I think leave that's, it at the door. Leave it yeah. at the door. Yeah. We don't do that here. Uh, anything else? You know, I'm 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 open for it. I mean, there's some weird shit that's come up in the last couple of years where we've had to put our foot down. Like, I'll, I'll say it on the show: vaccinations. We don't talk about that shit here. Like, we don't ask one another whether we are. We don't tell one another whether we are or not. Like, doesn't fucking matter, yep. right? You do you. So. Going back to tribe, I think you have to you have to understand what those things are for you, um, and then 
once that's defined, then go out and try to find your tribe, right? Don't try to find those whys and those reasons in the tribe and try to assimilate to those. You got to understand what they are. They are for you. That was a, sorry, that was a very long answer. Uh, Yeah. You know, I'm just looking at the question again and it says, I've tried motivating friends and family to join my health journey, but it's been really tough. And I have to say, as far as just from my own experience, um, you know, you can try motivating them, but you know, we've said this before, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And so, you know, you can put forth all your energy and trying to motivate somebody, but if they're not willing and they don't know their why, as far as what they're doing, then, um, you know, all you can really do is just be there to help support them. Um, and if it means at some point that you create some distance because that's what you need to continue on your journey to be successful, then there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean that you've stopped caring and that you stopped loving that person, but it just means that, you know what, um, you've expressed to them, hey, I'm here, I'm here to support you. Um, and you understand that they're not willing to to take the next step that they need to help themselves, then you know, it's okay to remove yourself from the situation. And so an example I have of this is, you know, love my family to death. Um, But I also know that their nutrition isn't the healthiest by any means. And some of my family members are obese. Um, They're over fat and there are the health uh, consequences from that. But they know that I've gone through my journey and my eating habits and lifestyle, it's changed over the decades. And so when I go home now, they're very conscious of it. Mm -hmm. And I think they're very respectful of it. And they they try to be as accommodating as possible, but then also I will do my part too and um, bring food in and food that I know that um, I want that's palatable to me, that's healthy for me, um, to have my energy levels up and, and stuff like that too. So, um, you know, it's not like you have to abandon, um, people or anything like that, but it's, it's just going down a different path and, and being okay with that. Yeah. The, I mean, that's, that's actually a very good example. I've witnessed that. Yeah. There's, there's like a, there's an accommodation being made on, on both ends there. I think the, you know, the, the motivation, obviously, we talked about this in this other question. Um, it has to come internally. So if I kind of put this maybe into the context of the family, maybe specifically it's like the partner talking to the other partner in life, whether a husband, wife, wife, husband, whatever. Or maybe it's kids trying to talk to their parents or parents trying to talk to their kids. Um, we've talked a little bit about this before. And maybe you've tried to, you've approached this conversation with them. You know, you've tried to help them steer them into the right path. Let's go exercise together. Let's make this a together thing. Let's do this, you know, and that, that doesn't seem to work. Right. And then, uh, the next thing would be is like, Hey, we really should do this so that we can be healthier together. So you're, you're getting there and that doesn't seem to work. Um, again, the why is what needs to be uncovered here. And the why not also needs to be uncovered here. Uh, so why is it important for you that your family join you in, in, in a, in a fitness journey, whether that's more for you or for mm-hmm. them, because there's, 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 I think there's two things there. And then the other part is, this is why aren't they? Uh, and those, so in, in examining those, that those are delicate situations. And so when you're approaching, if you're going to start to have those conversations, I think it, you first need to, to approach it from a, from a position of care, like, and be, and, and understand that this is, these are things, the things that might get come up in this conversation are things that need to be said uh, and need to be heard, 
not necessarily they want to be said or want to be heard because you understand the implications of how it might make them quote unquote feel. Uh, so it starts with having a solid relationship with whoever it is that you're trying to bring in, right? You bring into this. But I think if you, if you got into a serious discussion about this, and so if you're a, you're a husband or a wife, but I'll, I'll take the position of the husband talking to maybe a wife. And I, I sat down with my wife and I said, Hey, I want to, I want to have a, a serious conversation with you about something. And I really want you to know where I'm coming from on this. And that is, it's because I love you and I care about you. And, um, I want to see us get old and, you know, crusty together and still be able to do things and enjoy our life and all the things that we've talked about and not just assume it's going to happen. But I'm really concerned for your health. Um, this is how it makes me feel. Uh, again, that might be a really hard conversation for people to have, but if you can get yourself to a point where you can have that, that might spark a little bit of motivation in the receiving party. Um, you can handle it that way. Or you can handle it this way. Uh, depending on what your relationship like and, and it is and how you, you know, how you comfortable you feel in doing it. And it could be, you could pose the opposite questions. Like I'm concerned and I just wonder why you don't seem to be concerned about this. You do it that way. Or, Hey, does it ever worry you, you know, about my health, my long-term health, like how my heart's functioning, how my, you know, how, how my brain's functioning, all those things. You ever think about that stuff and get their feelings on it right? This is a little bit tricky, right? Uh, this is a little bit of kind of reverse psychology and get them to maybe articulate to you. And, you know, if things go well, I think what you'll hear again, if you have a good relationship, they'll tell you that the things that you hope they would say, and then you can easily have that conversation with them back on. That's exactly how I feel about you. Right. And here's my concerns. Like we're not eating as healthy or you're not eating as healthy as, as you maybe could be. And I see you making these decisions or not making these other decisions. And it scares me because I don't want to be in that situation that you just described. Um, I think that's one way to do it. It could be, again, that could go a lot of different directions with whoever it is in your life, but sharing what your, your thoughts are, sharing what your feelings are and sharing what your plan is. This is what I'm doing. I would like you to have a plan or I would like to help you find a plan to do the things that you, you need to do. So whatever I need to do to support you, let me know. And maybe you bring a couple suggestions to the table, but it's got to also be like an asking questions, not just giving information kind of conversation. Um, it's a really good question. And I, and, and I, and I, I think if that's just a really good question. And I think it's probably a good point in our, in history and in where we are sort of in society for people to take a couple steps back right now and be asking those questions of the people around them, you know, their family and their friends and, and, but also asking that question of themselves. Cause if you can't examine that question for yourself, you, I don't know how much business you have having it with somebody else. Um, Good yeah. Thank you for tuning into this episode of iron sites. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.